0: I am primarily validated by social media trying to win undiluted approval, forgetting that my customers aren't my friends. I am seduced by the shiny shop windows of those who have made it. But to be seen I am at the mercy of the algorithm gods and refreshing timelines and other people's Friday evening mood. I am hankering after silly badges that verify me as being something because somehow that's better than being nothing. Hello, and welcome to More Than This with me, Deborah Sloan. And if you listen to the trailer for this podcast, you'll hopefully have an idea of what we'll be talking about in each episode. I'll be asking the question Is there more to life than this? And searching for how we find higher and deeper meaning in life. So just to set the scene, I'm recording this on a Saturday morning, it's around 10am, the house is quiet and I've taken the opportunity while my children are out at their sporting activities, while most of them I have one child who's still sleeping and if you know me well you'll maybe be able to guess which child that is and my husband is out watching daughter number two play as a goalkeeper for her hockey team and generally ferrying them all about to their various places and I was just thinking how much I love Saturdays, a quiet Saturday where there's some activities in the morning, the afternoon's generally free, I water my plants, go for a run, read, head out for dinner, start thinking about what I'm going to write the following week. So I am a writer and what I plan to do on each podcast episode is share a piece I've written, explain why I wrote it and then discuss it with someone. So I will be looking for people who are willing to come on and talk for five minutes or so. If you read my writing and there's a topic that particularly resonates with you, please do get in touch. At the start of this episode, I read an excerpt from a piece I wrote a couple of weeks ago called Validation Begins at Home, and you can find it on my Substack at com. and I'm going to read what I wrote in full. Last Friday evening, my husband took me to the golf club. I put on a pair of slip-on shoes and threw an enormous puffer over my in-the-house lounging outfit. He held my hand and we walked five minutes round the corner. I had two half pints of Guinness, one after the other, not at the same time. I didn't have any crisps because it's January and I have to give up something. I had a quick chat with Sharon at the bar. She grew up in the same street as me. She just had a hip replacement and was practising hopping on and off her stool. The micro-needling was obviously working as it had been at least 30 years since she last saw me. She had to remind me who she was because I have lost the ability to recognise faces and become a bit dopey since I left full time work. I had the same conversation with a man that I'd had before Christmas. Do you play yourself? He asked again. No, I said proudly, like I still had my wits and my flexibility. I play tennis. That was the end of that. I watched two pensioners finish their whiskies and help each other into their coats. It was beautiful. I was quite emotional at the sense of golfing community, that shared bond, how easy it is to belong. I did not bring my phone. My husband who is called Russell, but for the purposes of my writing is only my husband, has decided that as soon as I press publish, it's best to get me out of the house. It's supposed to help with my mood. I'm not sure how I'd describe my Friday evening mood, a bit anxious anticipation mixed with total despair. I am surgically attached to my iPhone, Checking, rechecking, browsing, refreshing, Outlook, Substack, WhatsApp to see if anyone has liked, commented, shared, sent me a message to say I'm the most amazing writer they've ever had the pleasure to read or offered me a publishing deal. By around 8pm, I usually decide I made the stupidest decision ever, leaving a career to focus on something as tenuous as blogging. I've had a few light bulb moments though about how I'm getting on with my life transition from institutionally imprisoned academic to free as a bird creative, like people seem to prefer when I'm either wildly hilarious or manically depressing. They either want to laugh or cry. I need to instigate an emotional response. I've realised I don't have a niche and if I did have one it might involve being a critical voice in evangelical circles But none of my former qualifications count there. I'd need a theology degree for that. I have decided all success is relative. Some people have half a million subscribers, but even though I only have 350 and no new ones in the last month, I still have more people reading my words than some churches have members, and maybe this is an opportunity. I also like what I'm doing far more than I liked my job, which I mainly did to earn money and get away from my children. In my inbox, I have kept an email from Oliver Berkman, not one he composed to me personally, just his fortnightly newsletter. I have kept it because he talked about how we make our lives conditional on outside approval because the alternative is much scarier. It means facing the existential truth that our life isn't a dress rehearsal for some later, better, realer time when we'll finally have earned the right to exist. We have to accept that this is it now, Yet we are always subliminally nominating authority figures like parents and peers and influencers and bosses whose endorsement will ultimately validate us. The problem is, Oliver's boss is now several thousand people who have vastly differing opinions. When he wings an email out into the ether, he gets a bunch of replies from readers who find it enlightening, motivating, reassuring. Lots of other people will choose to unsubscribe. This diversity of viewpoints, he says, is psychologically liberating because clearly there's no point trying to win the undiluted approval of such a multifaceted and mercurial boss. Which means the only option left is to accept that I'm the boss of what I'm doing here. So I'm the boss of what I'm doing here, but it doesn't feel like it. I am primarily validated by social media trying to win undiluted approval, forgetting that my customers aren't my friends. I am seduced by the shiny shop windows of those who have made it, but to be seen, I am at the mercy of the algorithm gods and refreshing timelines and other people's Friday evening moods. I am hankering after silly badges that verify me as being something because somehow that's better than being nothing. And then there are long lists of ways I allow others to validate me. My body, my looks, my intellect, my offspring. You look great. If you lost weight, you should be so proud of her, are all irresistible boosts. It's sparkling, Deborah, said my English teacher in a restaurant about my most read piece, and I floated for days. I read a post by Susan Cain. I notice she gets 89 likes in eight minutes. As I blink, I can see her validation rising, but there are things she says about her father's advice that resonate. I am tick, tick, tick. Find work you love and work that matters and do it as excellently as you can. Make a life for yours free from possible from the forces of dogma and bureaucracy. If you want to live a quiet life, live a quiet life. If you're a humble person who has no use for the spotlight, be a humble person who has no use for the spotlight. No big deal. I have got all this yet I am still entirely dependent on validation I'm not Susan who has made a fortune from having a quiet life and who is also exceptionally visible in the spotlight. I bet she enjoys those likes. They're a drug that feed my soul too. I am either worthy or worthless depending on others clicking a button. I Google my addiction. Validation is best that comes from within. It's tragic that we base our self-worth on external validation. I decide I'm tragic. And that moving from external internal validation is easier said than done. At the golf club, my husband tells me about his day. There was post for him at the office. A congratulations on his promotion from the nursery school where he was once a governor. A packet of linguine from a software company. A book about eight unconventional CEOs and their radical blueprint for success. Some correspondence about using his position to influence peace in the Middle East. I understand that validation is tied up with status. He does not have to beg for his. It is automatically handed to him via a title. I stepped out of an organisation. I chose to hand back my validation, lose my status. But am I really so tragic? Isn't it natural and human to want to hold value in the world? Being a nobody is not fun. I read another article about someone who has ditched their career, burned out by being on the perpetual ladder of success, climbing higher only to have to climb higher again, knowing no matter how high she climbed, she would never feel safe. She says, I have learnt to be wary of status, or rather to be wary of the status I have been told to want. I'd like to say I have learnt to create my own sense of deep inner worth, impervious to the outside world like the Buddhist gurus I've read about, but my belief is we need other people to reflect ourselves back at us. We are a social species, after all. The important thing we often miss is this we need to make sure they're the right people and that they value us for the qualities we truly think are important. These people are, are in fact, the key. Being validated by the right people is the key, she says. It's not about relying on a power system of validation, but about creating the version of validation that works for you, whether it's the one inside you or the one only populated by the people who truly know you. When I return from the golf club, I have a like. It is my husband. As he stands at the bar, he clicks a button. Validation begins at home. So that's what I had to say about validation. And you might have gathered that I've been on a bit of a, a journey, having left a career over two years ago now, where I felt stuck and felt that my life needed to be more than it, what, what it was. And maybe I'd bought into a lot of things that didn't actually fulfill me. And I suppose what I've discovered is that when it comes to finding out what more than this looks like, there are things that are blockers and there are things that are enablers. There are things that hold you back and things that move you forward and you might disagree but for me validation can be a huge blocker mainly because it's all about seeking the approval of others and to find out what more than this is for you you have to step away from caring about what others think and also step outside boundaries or rules you've previously been bound by or or adhered to And, and those can be Either within an organisation or maybe within a church or religion or even within your family, there can be barriers that bind you and tie you to behaviour that you need to maybe move away from. And when I left my job and no longer had a title or a status or a professional identity or a network on LinkedIn or whatever, my sources of validation pretty much disappeared overnight. So when I started writing, there was a temptation to try and get the validation back by maybe writing more insipidly or writing what people wanted to hear or picking hot topics or writing short two-minute pieces because of attention spans or using better headlines and clickbait to try to attract people in. But I didn't really want to do any of that and two years on I still feel that validation has a bit of a hold over me. Things as simple as how many likes I get for a piece of writing can really matter. So I wrote this piece primarily to process my own addiction around validation and there are a few things that emerged for me from writing it and also from the responses that I got to it. So Firstly, I think there's this sense that we know we're seeking validation and approval and measuring ourselves based on what others think of us. And we don't actually want it to be that way. We want to intrinsically value ourselves rather than seek external validation. Yet we can't seem to stop ourselves and validation just really can be a bit of a drug. And secondly, I focus on my faith quite a bit in my writing. And a few people said to me about their identity being in Christ and based on knowing that they are loved by God and that they're unique and they don't have to seek or win approval. And to be honest, I struggle with this a bit because although I know this is all true in theory and practice, I think it was mentioned in the writing, we, we are a social species, we're human. And even if our identity is found in a relationship with Jesus, it can be it can feel a bit tenuous if we're just feeling totally invisible and discarded and not part of a community and we're maybe being measured in church even on more earthly and visible terms. And but maybe that's a topic for another day. And then thirdly, there's a the bit about validation in the piece that really stopped me short, and I'm going to read that again. I read another article about someone who has ditched their career, burned out by being on the perpetual ladder of success, climbing higher, only to have to climb higher again, knowing no matter how high she climbed, she would never feel safe. And I just think, imagine prioritising validation so much that you never feel safe. So that's pretty much all I wanted to say on validation but I wanted to finish today's episode by asking someone else what they think about it and so my special guest who is going to give me his thoughts on this is my husband who also has the name Russell and I've only been doing this podcast only started doing it so basically he was the best I could get at short notice but he did get a mention in the writing because I said he's automatically validated because of the status he holds through his job but I thought I'd give him a chance to say whether he agrees or disagrees with this statement. So Russell, I'm going to set the scene. It's Sunday afternoon now. You've had a very busy day. You've been doing tax returns and you've also been making a beef bourguignon for everybody for tea and quite often you don't get any break at all you're multi-dimensional multi-talented person always doing something so i know you're my first guest but if i ever have any more i'm going to explain how i know them so i might as well explain how i know you so you are called russell but usually in my writing you're referred to as my husband and i think i realized not that long ago that In June this year, I will have known you for 25 years, a quarter of a century. That's a long, long time that we've kind of been friends, so to speak. So I've been talking about validation. I've written about validation. And in the piece that I wrote, I said that you're automatically validated because of the status you hold through your job. So I wondered, what do you think of this and do you agree or disagree with what I've said?
1: So it's interesting because I don't really think about validation, but that might be because, um, it probably as you've written, that I get validation from some of the things that I do and from my work. So it doesn't really occur to me. And it's probably one of those things that you only really think about it when you don't have it.
0: Okay, so... For my example, so I left a job and I left having a status, I've no title, I've said that I've no professional profile and so on. So I now notice how much I'm not validated. So what you're saying is that sometimes you can be validated and it's naturally part of who you are and it may only be when that stops. So for example, if you step down from your job or you went on to do something else, you might suddenly find that you missed that validation. So tell me this, when people ask you what you do, how do you introduce yourself?
1: So I've probably been introducing myself in the same way for, I don't know how long now. I just say that I work in Canos.
0: Okay, so you don't give anybody any more details. You're quite reluctant to say what exactly it is you do, what your role is.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and probably some of that stems from the fact that previous roles are maybe a little harder to explain. So I just tell people about where I worked. Um, and particularly in Northern Ireland, where, it, where I work now is, is, I guess, fairly well known. And a lot of people have some sort of a connection with it. So now it'll be more of a conversation about the company rather than me, which is fine.
0: So you're not actively seeking because some people do use their title just as a a badge or a status symbol, but you're not actively seeking that validation necessarily through your title. It's just what you do.
1: Yeah, quite the opposite. I would rather sort of not offer it out there. I'll I'll tell people if they ask me specifically what my role is, but it's not something that, that I would lead with.
0: So what does validation look like for you? So I've talked a lot about how starting out as a writer and putting pieces out on social media, the only way I can validate whether I'm doing well or not doing well is usually around likes or comments or shares and things like that. It's a very, it's a very sort of temporal kind of existence to just be validated based on what you're actually doing from week to week. But validation might look different for you for example I would think that how you're validated is that it comes in the form of maybe respect or people valuing your opinion or just seeking you out specifically because of who you are because that means that you hold some sort of status is that would that kind of resonate in any way
1: um yeah somewhat um again sort of Difficult to, you know, be really concise with this. That given that I haven't spent an awful lot of time thinking about it, me validation is more, nearly in terms of results and achievements. Um, I guess there's a little bit of about, you know, who you can connect with, or that, that sounds a bit weird. But it's like who who can you meet or can you use that? And there's an element of validation around that. But it's more about how does it benefit. Not just me, the the company doing things like that as well.
0: So there's an element of, because of your position, you have leverage or positional power, which maybe enables you to more easily kind of move yourself forward in many ways or get to meet people. I suppose what I'm trying to get to here is that if you have a position or a title, it naturally opens doors to you. It gets you into rooms. You you don't need to try to earn respect. It's almost already there. So if I was able to say that I had a published book, for example, that would give me an element of kudos or would enable me maybe to get into other rooms. So suppose it's it's kind of what we were talking about at the beginning. You don't necessarily see it because it's there already. So say you were trying to get into those rooms or you were trying to get doors opened or you were trying to meet people. Wouldn't it be much more difficult if you didn't have that
1: title? Yeah, that's completely accurate. and uh, I think title does give you positional power. Um, and it's something that I guess I try to be careful about, but you can't leverage it when you're trying to reach... Um, certain people and it's something that something certainly that, that I've noticed about that um, but I'd like to use the positional part sparingly
0: okay okay so and are there any other things? I mean we're talking a lot here about how professional identity in many ways is an automatic validation. People listen to you people are interested in what you have to say. People may just like something you post on social media because because of who you are rather than because of anything in particular that you said are there any other ways that you seek validation? Do you what about home life? what about personal? Achievements, anything like that, beyond your job and beyond your role.
1: I would probably seek more validation with you than a day than a day in work, to be honest.
0: Well, I would kind of say that you're always quite keen that, that when you cook something, because I don't do a big lot of cooking, that you always quite like me to be pleased with what you've made for me. So um, I would say, yeah, there's a a sense of validation for you that comes from seeing something you've done that I'm happy with it so you could be validated by maybe the person that you're that you live with that they're happy that you've done something for them
1: yeah I think that's true that's true
0: okay so the other thing that I wanted to kind of talk about so before we finish is that I'd been going through a wee bit of a difficult patch in terms of my Friday evenings when I put my writing out into the world. I'm waiting for some sort of validation, some sort of external results to tell me that it's good. I can't just value it on its own. How Do you need external results to validate what you've done? Or is there any way in which you can say something is good just because you know you've done it well? Do you have to have results to be validated doing something?
1: So again, probably haven't thought about this a huge amount, but no, it's less about the external validation. But um, maybe that's because I get an element of validation, as, as you've rightly said, which is very different from you, where I see the angst that you go through when you send something out and you know, it does impact your mood, at least temporarily, when you don't get that.
0: Okay, okay, yeah, fair enough. And So then, just following on from that, do you think our Friday evenings are working better since you started to take me out of the house when I put my writing out into the world?
1: Yeah, well definitely. And um, it doesn't even need to be out that far or that long. But just
0: And where do we go on Friday evening? Maybe you won't tell everybody kind of how exciting our life is?
1: Friday past me about If you can remember yeah, that yeah, far back. Yeah, well Friday Friday past me we went for a beer and pizza at Bullhouse East, which is very nice.
0: Yeah, and we'd highly recommend that. That's in East Belfast if you happen to live in that area. Well, I do think it is really actually working well that when I do something, if I just kind of leave it and let it go and let it be and try to get into that mode of just intrinsically valuing what I've done, that I've done it, I've written it, I don't need other people maybe to tell me that my work is good. But um, I still maintain that having a position or having a title or having a role does guarantee you validation, automatic validation. And maybe there is a sense that if you already have it, you, you wouldn't notice until it was no longer there. So, Russell, maybe maybe when you retire, we can have this conversation again and we'll see how you feel maybe about not having that title anymore. So can I just thank you for coming on to this podcast and being my first guest and I'm hoping I can get other guests so she don't have to do this every week and so now we're going to draw the podcast to an end because hopefully our dinner should be ready and we're going to go and enjoy that. And I'm going to tell Russell how amazing it is. So I will hopefully be back next week. Not quite sure what the topic is yet, but if you do want to subscribe via the usual ways of subscribing to a podcast, whether that's Apple or Spotify, or just keep an eye out for me on Instagram and I'll let you know when there's an episode released. So thanks again for listening and get in touch if there's anything that you have interesting or you want to tell me about having listened to this